welcome to a Writer's Life Podcast with your host, Dana Wayne. If you've ever wondered how a writer's brain works, this is the podcast for you. Now, sit back and relax as she shares the successes and challenges of her journey from writer wannabe to award-winning romance author. Now, here's your host, Dana Wayne. Welcome to today's show. I'm a little late getting this posted, you know. You'd think with all this homebound situation, I'd have more time instead of less to devote to all things writing, but that hasn't been the case. Today's topic is finding that perfect balance between dialogue and narrative or action in your story. Obviously, we need both, but too much of either is simply too much. You want to find that perfect balance point between dialogue, action, and narrative to keep the reader engaged in turning the page. And that, my friend, is so not an easy task. So, what is narrative? Basically, it's description. It describes things, explains things, provides background information on the character and situations, but it's done in the author's voice. Dialogue, on the other hand, is the character's voice, how they speak, how they feel, why they do stuff, their voice. You need both of these in a comfortable balance for your story to flow and to keep the reader's attention. Now, knowing when to focus on one or the other is a daily struggle for any writer. And Just last week, I put down three different books because the writer lost me an excessive narrative trying to tell the story. And when I say excessive, I mean like five to seven pages and real long paragraphs at that before there was any interaction between the characters. So much backstory, introspection, why I feel this way, what the room looked like, what the characters wore, and other stuff that I just totally lost interest in the story they were trying to tell. I have some favorite big-name authors who use a lot of narrative, probably because they have a word count to reach, which for me is a distraction. And I typically read over most of that because it it doesn't do anything for the story and, frankly, doesn't interest me enough to read it. I don't care what color the dress was or how big the room was or how many windows it had. If it's pertinent to the story, yes. If not, leave it out. I read like the first line and move on, skim read. And sometimes I might miss something, but, and if it's important enough for me to understand what's going on, I'll go back and try to find the connection. But nine times out of 10, I don't. Now, by the same same token, you can do too much dialogue. Each should be used to complement and enhance the other. If you have a great story, a strong plot, and amazing characters, you might can get away with too much of either. But as a general rule, if you want to maximize your opportunities for a publisher to want your book and for a reader to stay engaged, you need to find that balance. As far as I know, there are no hard and fast rules that tell you when, where, and how to blend this narrative dialogue action trio. To me, every story has its own rhythm, its own voice. If you listen to the story, it will tell you what you need to do and when. Now, there are some things you can consider when writing your story or going through it in the editing or rewrite phase. 
And we'll talk about those a little bit. Think dialogue, pace, and balance. Do you need to speed up the action in your story? Use dialogue. It can take you pages to stage, set the stage in narrative and a few sentences to bring action to the forefront and move your story along. Maybe you want the reader to know a little more of your character's background or tell them something to sway them one way or the other with regard to that character. Then you might use narrative or maybe even a mixture of narrative and dialogue. Now, for me, I like dialogue as a way to move the story along, but sometimes I use too much of it in a row. When that happens, my critique partner is quick to tell me I need to add in some action beats or short narrative to balance the pace. And by that, I mean have your characters do something, think something, notice something, an action beat. Here's an excerpt from my third book, Whispers on the Wind. It's a romantic suspense that has a, a long dialogue section in it, broken up by action beats. The two main characters, Cooper Delaney and Samantha Fowler, are on their way to broadening their relationship. I really think I should drive you. Coop snapped his seatbelt as Sam got behind the wheel. The killer is still out there. We've been through this already. I'll be fine. I have Jack with me. She slid her hands along the rim of the steering wheel and glanced around the interior. This is an 89, right? I'm impressed. Most women wouldn't know that. My brother has one. His is two-toned brown, but I love this baby blue and white, though. Flattering my ride won't change the subject. She packed out of the drive. We'll be fine. He didn't miss the note of exasperation in her voice. Call me as soon as you get there and when you leave. I will. He saw the tightness in her jaw, reasoning her patience ran low. Too bad. She'd just have to get over it. Sure you can find the place. She glanced his way, spacing her words evenly. I am sure. Your directions are very explicit. You have my number programmed into your phone. A perturbed smile showed the slightest dimple in her right cheek. How did I miss that? Yes, I will call if I get lost, have a problem, to say I'm there and when I'm headed home. Good, and he paused his instructions to answer the phone. Delaney, Detective Rollins, Dallas PD, Lana Watkins isn't your Vic. Are you sure? Yeah, spoke to her myself. Most likely her roommate Joyce Ayers, though. Seems she borrowed the vet for the weekend, emailing you a picture and pertinent info now. Okay, thanks. We did secure some DNA stuff, just in case. Wanted to let you know. Thanks again. Coop ended the call and dropped the phone on the seat beside him. Bad news? Sam kept her eyes on the road as she eased her way through a school zone. He leaned back in the seat. Wasn't who we thought, but we may have an ID today. At a four-way stop sign, she glanced his way, head shaking side to side. I just don't understand this kind of violence. Me neither. You'll get who did this, she said firmly. That's a lot of confidence in someone you don't trust. The tightness in her jaw was the only indication he struck a nerve. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that the way it sounded. She hesitated. 
It's not that I don't trust you exactly. It's what? She sighed and glanced his way, doubt and anxiety flashing in those baby blues. I'll let my emotions, hormones, whatever, guide my decisions once, then spent five years regretting it. She looked forward, face tense, hands gripping the wheel tightly. I won't make the same mistake again. He'd let emotions control his decisions a time or two himself, so didn't argue the point. Could be they were more alike than different after all. Maybe we could start over. She missed a gear as she drove through the intersection and had to try again. What? He rubbed his hands on his thighs so he wouldn't reach for hers. I think it's safe to say we're attracted to each other and both have issues to deal with, which will no doubt require some time to work through. Um, agreed. And unless you take over Doc's practice, which I hope you'll consider doing, you're only here for a couple of weeks. She nodded without replying and looking his, or looking his way. How about we be friends for now? The question surprised the hell out of him. Friendship was the last thing on his mind. Unless it turned into friends of benefits. Widened eyes flicked his way. Friends, you want us to be friends? What, you don't think we can? She waited so long to reply, he wondered if she would. I'd really like us to be friends, she said at last. Silence surrounded them for the remainder of the short drive to his office. The very normalcy of the action soothed his soul, lightened the burden he carried. So, even though this passage is three pages long, it doesn't slow the pace because of the narrative and action beats. And the beats also tell us more about the characters without using a lot of narrative to do so. You don't want your characters to spend too much time in their own heads. It's fine to have them think some things through, but having them work it out through dialogue with someone else can be more interesting to the reader. Anytime you don't want to slow the action or distract the reader with this excessive description, simply use dialogue. Have you ever listened to a really good storyteller? They can pull you in and, and make you forget everything else that's going on as you listen to how they relate the story. That's what dialogue is. Listen to the story here in this snippet from Secrets of the Heart. The two characters are Wade McBride and his sister. Sheila. Enough. His roar would have sent any ranch hand scrambling for cover. Sheila merely, merely stared at him. He wanted to shake her until her teeth rattled or hit something hard. I'm not a child, Wade. I'm a grown woman and I aim to speak my mind. She stopped, then added, and you're as much to blame for this mess as I am. The statement was so ludicrous it took a moment to process and yet another gulp of air to keep from strangling his younger sister. You cannot seriously blame me for any of this. She stared at him and didn't reply. Wade flung his hands in the air and stomped to the fireplace, gripping the mantle until his knuckles turned white. I can't believe you would think I slept with her. She's batshit crazy, Wade. We all know that. And for whatever reason, she insists you did, and that's why I had to do something to get her off your tail. He pushed away from the mantle and faced her, hands on his hips. 
Well, you've certainly thrown a wrench into the works this time. No longer shouting, his words nonetheless vibrated with tension. I can't let Mrs. Morgan come out here now. Why not? She's by far the best qualified of anyone who applied and is willing to stay here until... And how do you propose I get her to do this? Well, talk to her. Explain what happened. The death grip on his temper faltered, and he stomped to where she sat in the wheelchair, innocent-looking face turned up to him. Talk to her. Of course. Why didn't I think of that? He paced back and forth in front of her. Right. I'll just march up to her and say, By the way, Mrs. Morgan, some things have changed since your last conversation with my interfering sister. For a while, at least, I need you to pretend to be my fiancé because my mother smiled for the first time in months when she learned the news and to tell her otherwise would hurt her. Oh, and we forgot to mention something else. There'll be a six-year-old boy running around who's sure to remind you of your own dead son. He stopped and looked down at her. And let's not forget Lucy Tate, my dead brother's loony sister-in-law, who will do anything to get me to marry her. His face, now inches from hers, he snarled. Did I leave anything out? She avoided his lethal scowl and had the good sense to keep silent. The bottom line is, too much dialogue, and you can lose the reader, or they lose track of who's saying what. Uh... And you end up filling it with those dreaded dialogue tags, which can result in a bored reader. Too little dialogue, and you need to ask yourself, is this narrative really necessary? Does it add to the story? Will my story suffer if I leave it out? Do I really need three paragraphs to describe the sunrise, or would one sentence do the trick? The sky, once dark and gloomy, now showcased varying shades of orange, blue, and purple. We work so hard to find the words to put on paper to tell our story in such a way the reader can't wait to turn the page. But the fact is, sometimes less is more. Though it can be painful for you as a writer, you have to cull out those sections of narrative that add nothing to the story in order to achieve balance. Regardless of whether you're using action, narrative, dialogue, or a combination of the three to move your story forward, each one should reveal something of your character's motives, and that's what you want. Motives define characters. Know your motives, and you will know your characters. Know your characters, and the story will tell you the way it needs to be told. Thanks for listening to a Writer's Life podcast. I so hope you enjoyed the show today, and I appreciate your feedback and support. If you have a topic you'd like me to discuss, drop me a comment or email me at danawayne423 at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You'll find my books on Amazon, Books to Read, and all major online retailers. You can also order signed copies through my website, danawayne.com. And I hope you'll follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next episode.